Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode with Chris Fox. I know it's been a couple weeks since I put up that episode, but if you're one of the people who listened to it, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for everyone out there who is new to the show, welcome! Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. I just said a couple moments ago that it's been a couple weeks since I put out an episode. And yeah, it, you know, I was on tour with my buddies in Bethlehem and Danimal Cannon for a good 10 days. And uh, I intended on recording some episodes out there and doing what I could while I was gone, but fuck you know just got caught up doing a billion other things and decided to maybe not spend too much time doing any podcast stuff but you know i'm back home now readjusted and my uh friend reason just actually left my house who is on the show today (laughs) conveniently enough and for those of you who don't know reason he is an mc and promoter, organizer, coordinator in the Pittsburgh hip-hop scene. He helps run the track meet, which is a monthly cypher event, and he plays in the hip-hop duo, Left Field, and he does solo music as well, and we're going to get into all of that stuff, you know, talk about his come up and what he got in, how he got into hip-hop, not what he got into hip-hop, it's been, it's been a day been a long day so i don't want to talk too much you know reasons on the show it's going to be awesome if you like hip-hop you're going to love this episode but before we get into it i gotta tell you a little bit about myself for those of you who don't know if you are new to me or new to the show in general you could find me on twitter facebook and instagram all at the real sykes there is a Facebook page for the podcast as well, which you could find if you just go to your little search bar on Facebook and type in Start the Beat. I am also on iTunes and whatnot. Just go to that search bar, type in Start the Beat, subscribe, rate, review. All that stuff really helps the show. And last but certainly not least, Start the Beat is part of the Epicast family, which you can learn all about at epicastnetwork.com. So yeah, without any further ado, let's get into my talk with MC, promoter, what have you, Pittsburgh hip-hop homie, Reason. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! Because it's like... Maybe for maybe like the past like year and a half, maybe two years, I started seeing you around. Mm-hmm. And it was around the time that I hadn't been playing shows for a while. And then I like started getting back into it. And you were one of the few people, new people that I saw doing stuff. And I was like, wow, this dude really gives a shit mm-hmm. about <laughs> hip hop. And it's so fucking cool because there's a lot of people that do it for you know their own reasons. Some of them are right, some of them are wrong, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. why I redo it is whatever you want to do. But it seems like you have like a really good spirit and like you're super fucking into this. So Thanks, where did it come from? Like uh how did you get started doing hip hop or listening to hip hop, all that kind of shit? Um I guess I started uh getting really into hip hop around maybe like seventh or eighth grade, just listening to it. And um what were you listening to before that? Anything? Before that, man, not nothing interesting. 
Yeah, I didn't like my parents didn't really expose me to like any cool music. I was probably just listening to the radio. And, oh, like, okay. Dumb shit like so, that. So like <laughs> hip hop was like the first thing that you were like, whoa. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. It was definitely the first kind of music where I was like, all right, this definitely is something that I'm into, and I got pretty obsessed with it. Okay, any yeah. artists in particular that? Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, for some reason, Ready to Die by by Biggie was. Uh, I really got into that. Um, I liked um, kind of like just those those classic albums like Illmatic. Um, sure, like the the stuff that was easily accessible, the stuff yeah. that's everywhere. That's usually what you hear first because it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had this um, uh, this website that I would check. It was called rapreviews.com. <laughs> and um, they uh they would like give a whole review and then they would give each thing a score for like lyrics and beats so i started checking that and i would go through and i would just like all the ones that were like nines i would just like buy <laughs> not not always new but just sometimes used cds or or new cds but yeah i just I, I have a large collection of cds i didn't start getting into records until like a couple of years ago yeah, yeah. so um how long was it before you decided that you wanted to try rapping? Um, probably around s- sometime in high school. Um, I had always been pretty good at writing, but I was pretty lazy with it. I I didn't really do it on my own time or use it for anything. Um, I started writing these like they were almost like poetry, like slam poetry type thing because they kind of sounded like hip-hop but it wasn't really it wasn't to a music yeah I got yeah you. and i would just write and it was like uh talking shit on my teachers that i didn't <laughs> like <laughs> they were like battle poems um about the the teachers that i really didn't like so were they kind of funny they were kind of funny um they were, they were probably pretty mean <laughs> um i don't remember them vividly i, I shared them with a couple people and um I, uh, some, this one girl was like really, really enjoyed it. And she like kind of encouraged me to keep going. Funny story is, um, I don't even know if I should tell you, I don't care. Um, (laughs) so I, I had one of these that I wrote and I had it in gym class. Um, and it was about the gym t-shirt. I really didn't like her. She was like, I don't know. She would like pal around with the cool girls and she just seemed really fake. Um, and uh, I don't know. I wrote one about her, and I don't remember what I said, but it was probably, like I said, pretty mean. And um, I had it in in gym class, and she took it from me, and she read it, and she was like, she like it read it the, out loud. Or? No, she didn't read it out loud. She read it in her office, and she came when she came back. She was like super mad. Um, I guess this was like somewhat near, like maybe a year after Columbine or whatever. Oh, she she no. thought that I was like, um, you know, like that type of angry and i really wasn't i was just like it was funny to me it was more more just funny i was i think i was sharing it to someone in there because i thought it was funny and uh she clearly didn't think it was funny and you know it was this big thing i had to like uh i got suspended and i had to um i had to go get like evaluated by the psychiatrist and that (laughs) the psychiatrist was like no you're totally fine um the funny part is I, I never I was never able to just be like, no, this is just f-. I didn't think to just be like, no, this is just kind of this was just a joke. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I kind of played it off. But anyway, uh, that was a long tangent to say that I started with that. And then at a certain point, I um, so, which was probably a year or two after that, I started writing. Uh, I decided to write to a beat because I had like an instrumental that was an extra on probably a CD. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll try this. Um, And I wrote it and I was like, oh, this is actually okay. Uh, I started sharing that with friends of mine and they were into it. Do you Um, have any other friends that rapped at the time? At at the time I didn't. And I didn't really have, I had one friend who I would share music with. And... um, you know, we, we like would always trade and listen to stuff together, but I wasn't really in any sort of hip hop environment or community. And then where, I, where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in, uh, I lived in Monroeville okay. from like fourth grade on. So I went to Gateway okay. from that part yeah. on and, um, yeah, I was just fucking suburbs and I didn't really, 
I didn't really have a lot of friends. I was kind of like not real social and um, I didn't start getting more social until like till started going out like out to music events that I had no idea existed. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the, <laughs> this is the same exact way for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I started writing in high school kind of as a joke with my friends, like just writing joke songs and shit. Mm-hmm. And then over time I was like, I got a beat machine because I was like, we were like using like a shitty beat maker on PlayStation. Okay. And uh, I was like, so, but I really liked making beats and then I got more into it and I started buying gear and mm-hmm. then I was like, started trying to write more serious mm-hmm. to a point. And then uh, after high school and shit, it was like, well, maybe I could like play a show mm-hmm. and then like, how am I going to play a show? I have to talk to people now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, I mean, it worked out. We're both here. We, Managed to yeah. overcome our social things and talk to some people and yeah, get yeah. on a show. It took a while. It took a while, but yeah, coming from Monroe, I believe I would imagine too, because I like always lived close closer to the city. Like Monroe was a little bit more out, mm-hmm. but I was always like in and around like Regent Square, Edgewood, East Liberty, like the east end of the city. So it wasn't okay. like super out of the way for me. And I knew where a lot of those places were. Mm-hmm. So for you, when you finally came out of Monroeville, mm-hmm. like were you doing music at that point or did you like move into the city and then find the scene? Um, I was going to college at Pitt and I was living in North Oakland. Um, and around... It might have been junior year where I learned, I think I was just walking around, uh, I guess it was like around the whole, where Whole Foods is at. And I ran into this place, uh, which I had never seen or heard of before called the Shadow Lounge. And, um, you know, I think I went there because I, I heard that there was a show there. I went in and I talked to, I now know him as Justin. Yeah. And, um... I remember saying something to him where I was like, yeah, there's not really any, any hip hop going around in the city. Like, and he was like, Oh, that's not true. And I was like, Oh, okay. I had no idea. So then, um, you know, they had a, an open mic that was, uh, usually it was, it started out every Tuesday and, um, I started going there every week and, um, around the same time I, had met these people i was working at mancini's which was a bakery in the strip district i uh heard about this event through a friend there uh which was called freestyle friday and someone you know they knew i was into hip-hop and they were like hey there's this freestyle friday event and i was like what i didn't again i had no idea that that even happened i was like oh this this doesn't happen in real life so um i was like all right yeah i'm totally going to that and you know, I was probably super awkward. I don't know if it was the first time I went or if it was the second time I went that I actually rhymed, but I had never freestyled before. Um, it was hosted by Jordan Taylor of Traxploitation um, when he was living in Mount Oliver. Um, so either the first or the second time I like drank enough to get up the courage to freestyle. Uh, There's this one dude there. Um, he went by he goes by chronic l's um a student named cj who's a, a friend of ours and uh he was there and he's like a a battle rapper and i didn't know what else to say because i had never freestyled before um he had flip-flops on so i was like you can't be hip-hop and wear flip-flops and then everybody was like oh and i was <laughs> like so stupid but um they were just like surprised that i i had said anything and then i don't know we went back and forth a little bit just like messing around and you know so after that i was like walking home and i was just like all these like rhymes were going through my head and i was just like oh yeah this is awesome so that was another thing that was a weekly event that i would go to um it was freestyle friday and then it turned into throwdown thursday and that was just like a weekly cypher jam session where we would just, um, they would play beats and we would, uh, sometimes people would bring instruments and play instruments and, um, at, you know, for like f- maybe four years, I would go every week and would be freestyling. And that was kind of how I developed that technique. And then Shadow Lounge, I would go to the open mic and I started writing songs to perform at the Shadow Lounge open mic. 
Um, so I was kind of doing both. And then I just met a bunch of people through yeah. the Shadow Lounge and then through um, through Traxploitation, Throw It On Thursday. So that was kind of how I got integrated. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So whenever you started making your own music at this point, um, what were you doing for beats? Did you meet producers or were you doing like stuff offline or just kind of spitting on top of whatever? Yeah, I uh, I was probably just taking taking whatever beats I could find. Um, you know, I've st- we're finally now working on a on a project. Um, my friend uh, Mikey, who goes by Doc Lovely, he makes beats and he wanted to form a group. Um, so we're working on that now. But previously, yeah, I would just take beats from I don't know, find them on the internet and just write yeah. to them. Um, I. Uh, did you ever get into production or was that just you stick I, to writing? I have Ableton and I've messed around with like cutting samples and stuff a little bit. But as far as um, like really uh, diving into making beats, I'm kind of like, I was just thinking about that today. I was just like, I just need to start uh, getting more into this. But I don't know. I'm kind of trying to finish a couple projects before I, because I know that that's going to be a whole new world. Oh, yeah. That I'm just going to be like, want to completely immerse myself in and spend a lot of time on it so i've kind of been like more focused on just trying to finish these projects keep doing these events uh track meet which i do every month yeah we're we're gonna get there yeah 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 so um so yeah i mean i i I messed around a little bit with uh just cutting samples but i haven't really yeah been making beats much but I, I know that I, I will at some point. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, you're around enough people that'll, you know, show you the ropes if you need shown and mm-hmm. whatnot. And I just, I, I produce pretty much all of my own stuff. And that's just the way it's always been. I very rarely work with other producers. When I do, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like having that control over like every element of the song. Yeah. Just having like, a weird idea for something and being able to bring it to life so yeah you have all the control and you don't have to wait for anybody and (laughs) there's uh, that too yeah yeah you're not you're not dependent upon anybody that's uh that's there's a lot of freedom in that that's awesome sure so you brought up track meet which was something i did want to get to um when did that start how did that start and i mean i have a pretty good idea of probably like why you wanted to start it but yeah tell me in your own words all right so um I was talking about Throwdown Thursday. That was something that happened um, for about, I feel like it was even longer than that. Maybe it was like five years. I don't know. Uh, at a certain point, that stopped happening. And um, also the Shadow Lounge had closed. And th- I felt like there was just, there wasn't as much going on. There wasn't like a home base. And I just really liked having a cipher every week to come and just jam i really like collaborating and just ciphering with other people um so that wasn't happening anymore and i kind of had this idea that i i wanted to i don't know um i it was your responsibility well i guess yeah i don't know i don't even know if i had if i was thinking about starting it but i think i was more just like complaining and just like oh i wish there was i wish something else would come back along Um, you know, there's just not enough ciphers in the city. I don't know. Um, eventually I reconnected with this guy, uh, rhetorical arts who, um, I knew him from the shadow lounge and I knew him from throwdown also and, um, reconnected, uh, cause I wanted to work with him on this song and we started hanging out more and collaborating more. And eventually, um, we started bouncing around the idea of starting a cipher series but we weren't going to call it track meet. Uh, I think we were calling it like bar none or something like that. Um, we were going to do this like sort of educational thing um, and like a workshop. And we were talking about doing that and we met up a couple times and it didn't quite come to fruition. Um, eventually I was, um, I was walking in Garfield and I was, um, right outside SPAC bros, I ran into DJ Noetic and I started talking to him about ciphers and how there was like a lack. And we were both agreeing. We were like, Oh yeah, ciphers are really good to like develop the craft of emceeing and like performing in front of people and just like, um, having that sort of community. 
And again, I was just like kind of lamenting and complaining about it. And at that point I was like, oh, well, why don't I just make it? And why don't I just start it? So um, I talked to Rhetorical Arts. He said he was down to help me kind of, um, to help me host and to help me put it together. And um, we were right by Hollywood spot, local 412. And um, I was like, all right, well, maybe she would be down to um, let us use her spot for that. And she was immediately into it. Um, so, yeah. And then we just um, started doing it every month. Um, a couple months ago, Rhetorical Arts had to kind of uh, step away just because he's doing Speak Life Storytellers. And um, he's that's like his storytelling business. And they're doing that full time now. So he has less time um, to do track meet. So... It's actually been good because it's forced me to take a an even bigger role in terms of uh, producing the event and hosting. Um, it's more than just being a performer, I, I've realized, and I'm getting better at it. Um, but yeah, it's been good. It's like forced me to grow, and um, people have been uh, supporting, and it's been really awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've I've come to a few now. I think. Yeah. I don't know if they've all been official track meets. Yeah, I've just been to a few things where you were doing track meet related right situations. Yeah, and it seems like um you bounce around locations mm-hmm. a good bit. Is that um intentional just to like get uh more exposure for the event, like just popping it up in different places, or like what's the decision behind that? Um, the original uh originally we were just gonna stay at local four one two. Um, I think. The first one that we did elsewhere was at the Get Down Gang spot uh, in Spring Garden on the yeah, north side. And I came that, to that one. Yeah, you were at that one. And that was really because Ron from the Get Down Gang, he, ha- I had run into him and he was just like, oh, we just moved into this new place and it has this really dope spot on the ground floor with this like, it was like a dance hall. It used to be a Hungarian dance hall. That place is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. So, the, you know, they transformed it and they put linoleum on the ground and he's got his records in there and his tables in the corner. And he, he wanted to do, just wanted to have something. And he was like, oh, you should do track meet here. And I was like, all right, cool. So we made it into like this mini festival type thing with like all four elements. Um, so that was... Yeah, that was our first like special event, and then I think you were also at the the Via one that we just did at Cativo. Yeah, and that was because um, Quinn from Via had reached out to us and wanted to wanted to have us do track meet to open up for one of their shows. They were bringing out that guy uh, Azizi Gibson. So yeah, both times were kind of just like people reaching out and saying, "Hey, let's do this here." And now I'm I'm seeing the value of kind of moving around um, to different spots. Um, also, just uh, as we're growing more, thinking about places where we can have more people and more things going on, like have dancing, have um, have you know more artists, like the live painting and all that. Yeah, kind the of live stuff. painting. It's uh, like local form. The the great thing about local four one two is it's it's very centralize the location and it is like really intimate for a cypher it's like perfect for that so people come in and you're like kind of in it yeah like we're not on a stage we'll put like there's a small stage and we'll we'll put djs or producers up there and then the cypher's like on the floor um but still you know what i mean i'd like to be able to have um you know just as many elements as possible and um so i think we're gonna stay at local 412 and still be moving around um from month i don't know uh every once in a while we'll do a special one somewhere else like um, if somebody reaches out then yeah sure let's do it well i think i'm just thinking about other places to have it as well because um i want to do an outdoor one uh yeah. somewhere i i'm not sure exactly where yet but i'd like to do an outdoor event I had that. I we had that idea. We had all these different ideas of different formats to do, and uh, a couple different places to do them. And we definitely wanted to do one during the summer outdoors. So I might do that in August. 
um yeah keep uh keep experimenting that's that's basically the theme of it is to just experiment and try to be as eclectic as possible i got gotcha. you yeah. so kind of going back to whenever you were first getting into the the local scene mm-hmm. in pittsburgh um was there anything that you saw going on that maybe you weren't necessarily a huge fan of or necessarily like attracted to and it's like any of that stuff still kind of lingering like what would you <laughs> change in the hip-hop scene to make it better or um, the music scene in general yeah um talk about this a lot man um i guess the main thing is and this was something we were trying to and we're still trying to kind of uh, help by doing track meet every month um there's kind of a it feels like there's a lot of clicks in the the hip-hop scene in pittsburgh it's a lot of like little separate um groups of people and separate little pockets of things going on but it's not really like one it doesn't feel like one community yeah. um so i try to I try as as best as I can to support other people and to come out to other people's events and promote other people. Um, because I just, I feel like that doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't happen as much as it should. And then I hear these like stories about, Oh, there used to be, um, you know, you would go to the O and there was always a cipher like every Friday in front of the original hot dog. And uh, they had these shows at Laga and there was just, um, and I, I, you know, I, I saw some stuff going on when I was at the shadow lounge and there was like a community there, um, without a spot like that, I just feel like, I don't know, it just feels scattered around. Um, so that's one thing. Um, and then also there's just, uh, there's a lot of people who perform, uh, over their own vocal tracks, which <laughs> I really hate. Um, that's it's i just i see it way too much and i don't understand like i understand that it's like way easier to perform if you don't actually have to do your own live vocals but it it completely um defeats the purpose of giving a live performance and yeah that just i feel like that's rampant and i am constantly talking about how much i hate that (laughs) yeah i know it's it's awful it's one thing when you have a performer that's just rapping on top of a master track because I mean it, it sounds like hell mm-hmm. to begin with, but I've been in situations where I've played with bigger acts and I I mean I know how soundboards work mm-hmm. and I've seen like touring sound engineers turn the mic down one they're playing and they're just basically lip syncing literally not yeah. even like the microphone is even on they're not even rapping on top of their track they're literally yeah. just lip syncing and then in between tracks kick that mic back on hey what's up i'm talking this is me it's obviously live yeah turn it back down in between songs yeah it's awful yeah i hate it <laughs> and like those are people that are killing it too in, yeah. in terms of like financial success and stuff like that i'm not going to name drop anybody right but it's it's wild to me yeah it's people it's become kind of accepted Uh, people will see other other artists do that and they'll think it's it's they think it's like what you're supposed to do yeah it's become like the norm in some ways so uh yeah it's just man it's so frustrating because people who don't like maybe fans of other who who haven't seen that before um they'll come out and see a local hip-hop show for the first time and then they'll see that and then they'll be like oh this is garbage what the hell is this i'm not gonna like i don't want any part of this 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 sucks so it just it makes i feel like it kind of makes the music just look bad it makes um hip-hop look like because that just that wouldn't be accepted in any other like people get called out for lip syncing all the time um it's just yeah it's 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 performance just like any other just like any other type of music it should be respected and perfected 
uh, rehearsed. I, I put a lot of work into um, constructing my sets and making them engaging and, you know, putting crowd participation in certain parts and just practicing, you know what I mean? Trying to really have it be polished. Um, some people just don't, don't take it that seriously. They think it's just about being on stage and just being seen. And, oh yeah. Well, yeah. there are a lot of like sub demographics of hip hop or rap as a whole mm-hmm. that cater way to, more to like the look and the aesthetic of it rather than the yeah. music. Yeah. And I mean, for some reason, a lot of that stuff, like whatever you want to call it, like more like mainstream stuff or club stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually those are the people rapping on top of their tracks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a place for every, for every style of music. And I'm like, whatever kind of style you want to make, fine. Like if you want to make party music, make party music, but it should still be like, I don't see why that makes it okay to like you can do that and then still give a good performance and you know what i mean still be a legitimate artist and not just like a mascot Mm -hmm. there was kind of going back to the subdivided scenes and uh how things used to be Mm -hmm. i had an uber driver like a few weeks ago and it was one of those like what do you like what do you do and then sometimes I'm just like, ah, whatever. But for like, I don't always say like I make music because I just don't always feel like having that conversation. Right, right. But I was just like, oh, I make music. What kind of music do you make? I do hip hop? Oh, no way. Like I have friends that rap, blah, 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 and stuff. And then like, it was the same thing that you kind of said to me earlier when you're like, uh, doesn't really seem like there's a lot of hip hop in Pittsburgh. That's mm-hmm. what he said to me. Yeah. And I'm like, you're crazy. Like, do you know this and that and this and that? But he, the funny thing about this was he was like, yeah, I know that stuff. I don't, I don't really like going to those places. Like nobody comes out. Yeah. So he doesn't want to go because nobody comes out. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you want to fix that, you got to bring you and a car full of friends and tell them to bring some friends and then people will be there. Yep. Yeah. It's like everybody just wants everything fucking handed to them. Yeah. That's um, I've heard a lot of people say that where it seems like the only people... And, and the local music scene, the people going to shows are just other musicians and yeah. other artists. It's all us just trying to like support each other. And it, it's really difficult. And for some reason, we can't reach these other people. Um, it's what, like being I don't know the, why, if it has something to do with Pittsburgh or... I don't think it's... I think it's just a, a thing with people. Yeah. You know, it's like you go to that Aesop Rock show. You were there, right? Yeah. 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 And it was bunch packed. of people. It was sold out yeah. at the Rex. Yeah. It's like if we had a tenth of the people at that show mm-hmm. at every local show, that would be killer. Yeah. Because that would be like an extra hundred people at every show. Yeah. There was so many fucking people there. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But if it's it, just yeah. like, what are you doing? I don't like, know. I if understand it has, that none, you, ahead, we're, none of us are homeboy <laughs> Sandman. Right. We're no, we're no Aesop Rocks. Right. But I mean, we put on a good good events for people to come out to and hang out and it's like if you rather sit at home and watch netflix or whatever i guess it's on you Mm -hmm. but it's one thing if like you know you don't want to come out to local shows but if you want to be like that guy and complain that nothing's going on but also not be a part of the solution then yeah you don't really go f yourself buddy (laughs) exactly fucking kills me that's why i try to like make it out to like, if I can make it out to a track meet or somebody else's event, I will. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I have so much of my own shit going on all the time that I can't always go out and support other people's shit. But yeah. it's like, any time I have a free night, it's not like, oh, I'm going to hang out at home and just do nothing. It's like, what's going on? Who's doing this? Who can I go see? And yeah. try to always be out when I can. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I, I, I've realized that if you want other people to support you, you have to support other people. It's it's much more likely that they're going to want to support you if you're reciprocating that. So I try to do that as much as possible. And obviously, especially when you're um, an artist or a musician, you got your own things going on. So you can't support everybody all the time. But I do try to just um, be as supportive as I, as I can. And... Yeah, some people some people don't reciprocate or only reciprocate with some people, certain people. Yeah. Um there seems like there's these like inner climbs and it's just it, it could be frustrating. I think a lot of that too has to deal with like your comfort zone mm-hmm. and like 
you know, you, you make friends and then it's like, oh, I want to go see them. It's like really every once in a while I'll end up at an event where it's like, I don't have any idea what's going on or who who's here and sometimes yeah. it's like man i don't want any part of this or sometimes <laughs> it's like i find out about some weird local indie rock band i'm like wow mm-hmm. you're a really good band i didn't know you exist yeah so i think that it's i don't know it's up in the air a lot of people i think value their time in a certain way and not everybody's all about like trying something new every day people like their kind of their routines in there that's little true circles yeah that's definitely true how do you get people in your circle you just gonna make your circle bigger i guess i have no idea yeah and i guess kind of we can get into making your circle bigger okay reason the rapper <laughs> um you know you've been doing this for several years now yeah and do you have like a like aspirations of like taking it to that next level like you know like i want to tour the country or get on like a decent label and get all this awesome distribution or is it more of like a just being a part of the community and this is just something that you do and you're just kind of focused on your life and those around you rather than being a big deal yeah um i guess my my main goal um i have a one of my main mentors is um, MC. She goes by EOS. And um, I'm always having this conversation with her. And I guess what I really want to do is I do want to tour. And I want to figure out a way to do this music without it being like stressful to try to figure out how I'm going to pay my bills. But this is like, this is the only thing that I really, really get joy from uh not the only thing but in terms of like um that's not true that's not true that makes me sound really depressed Um, you sound like me (laughs) in terms of things that i've i've found in my life this has just been something where i feel like it just really makes me feel alive and it makes me feel like i've grown so much from developing uh this craft so i feel like it's something that I should be doing. And so I don't want to, I feel like I just want to see how far I can take it. Just like so, being yourself. Just being myself. Yeah. So I want to keep building as much as I possibly can. I definitely want to tour. I want to see other places. I want to, uh, I'd like to, you know, tour in other countries or do shows in other countries. Um, and you know, take track meet elsewhere. I feel like that, that has potential to, um, you know, be done in other areas um yeah i mean uh, as far as a label i don't i don't know um that would be cool yeah i mean I, right now i'm just focused on getting these first two projects done and after that i guess we'll see what happens um i'm just gonna keep pushing as much as i can um you know at a certain point it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to do this without some sort of stable income so sure yeah I, uh, what's your what's your day job gig now well uh i was teaching for a little while um i was like a, a tutor in a classroom which was i was kind of like a teacher's assistant slash tutor and i sort of stopped doing that and um i got a job as a direct care worker where i work with um someone with a I'm not going to say what it is, like an intellectual disability. Okay. And so I'm kind of like um, like an advisor, counselor, helping with like life skills and stuff like that. So that's that's what I'm doing right now. Um, it's nice because it I get to just work with, um, as opposed to teaching where you have like a class full of kids so you can't really give enough attention to. Yeah. In, I got you. You can actually like develop um and help one person to grow and really just focus on them so i enjoy that um it doesn't pay super well but it does give me freedom and it gives me some flexibility and i can still like work on other things i i realized that i didn't want to like i got my teaching certification and i got to a point where i was just like i don't really want my own classroom because that's going to completely just monopolize yeah. my, my time and my energy. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm going to have to like really, really focus on figuring out how to make that work. 
and it's so much work and I was just like no I can't I can't do that right now I would, I would have to give so much up so I I take the hit financially to try to do <laughs> do what I'm doing right now and um in some ways it's working out really well and uh, in other ways it, it could be better but uh I'm gonna keep on trying and seeing how far I can take it <laughs> yeah that makes sense so right now you got um the left field project with doc lovely you yep. guys are working on a like an ep a full length it's probably or just whatever whatever happens it's probably grown it's somewhere in between it's probably going to be like 10 tracks okay so yeah, i guess an album that's an album um originally we were going to do an ep and then you know as we were like oh we want to put an intro here maybe like an interlude it just it grew to about <laughs> 10 tracks so that's probably what it's going to be um and our original goal was to get it done by the end of the summer. Uh, hopefully, that's doable. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We're we're in the process of like getting uh getting it mixed. So that, that's that's one of the projects you're working on. Yeah, you were bringing up. What about the other one? Are you doing like a solo thing or some other collaborative project? That's a solo project. Yeah, I I really have um I have I don't have it recorded, but I have all of the songs for that written um for my solo project uh the reason which has a couple different it's not called the reason the reason project uh <laughs> I, was gonna I don't know what it's called yet that that would be <laughs> way too corny i would never call it that um so i have a couple different producers on that um i'm really excited to to release that as well i feel like some of my best writing is on is on that and then after that um who knows you learn to make beats <laughs> yeah That's what you gotta do yeah I guess, okay, so now we'll wrap up on this. This was just something I do want to touch up on. So you started, you got, when did you started going to that stuff at Shadow Lounge? I would say, when was that? Maybe like 2008, 9, 7 in that range? I'd probably, yeah, probably around 2009, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So in the time since like then and now, like you kind of evolved and, started doing more like self-promotion and getting yourself out there Mm -hmm. now outside of the real world where it seems like you interact a lot which is great there is the the social media world yeah of being a rapper yeah how do you feel about like where social media is now and promoting yourself and like being a brand on the internet and you know sponsored advertising and yeah you know getting X amount of SoundCloud plays to seem like you're legitimate and having this many followers on, you know, whatever Twitter and shit like that. Like, how do you feel about that whole side of things? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess when I started doing music, I, I didn't know what it was like trying to promote yourself before that. So I guess it's a lot easier now to, to promote yourself, but there's also, it's more oversaturated in terms of everybody can do it and everybody is promoting themselves. Everybody now. is doing it. Everybody yeah. can do it and they are doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, that, that can be, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I've gotten more comfortable, I guess, with, um, with promoting myself and figuring out different ways to, um, engage people, you know, uh, and then also promoting other people, I guess I guess I'm okay with it. Um, you know, at certain times I feel like I'm I'm just I don't want to be attached to my phone and addicted to my phone, but I feel like with doing all this promotion and trying to gain a following, I'm almost forced to uh, like yeah, be. Gotta, <laughs> that's the thing too is like outside of keeping up with engaging with people online, letting them know that you're a person and you're doing things yeah you want to keep up with your friends as well Mm -hmm. and just other people in general just see what other people are doing and be involved in it and just have a knowledge of like oh so and so just put out an album or so and so has this event going on the same day i was thinking about doing this event and yeah just staying on top of all that and it's like very 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 time consuming yeah (laughs) but like kind of going back even more when I we were talking about like club rappers and stuff like that. I think a mm-hmm. lot of the people in that 
demographic are really into the numbers game. Yeah. You know, I met someone uh, at a bar one time that was just like, oh, like you rap? I rap too. And like one of the first things they said to me was like, yeah, like I rap my song got like 54K plays on SoundCloud. And I'm like, that's cool. (laughs) But that really has nothing to do with your music. Yeah. And then there was like some girl on Facebook recently that was like, oh, I'm going to this event. It's going to be great. Over 9K in attendance. Hmm. That has nothing to do with the event. Yeah. Like, what is all these numbers things? And then, like, there was a... I saw somebody promoting, like, a one sheet for an album. And it was, like, had a watch, like, so-and-so music video has X number of views on YouTube. Yeah. And, like, that's some sort of a quantifier for this being good. How many views it has. Yeah. Yeah, your views there uh that's like currency now, I guess. It's um it can be if you get obsessed with that, it can I could see that just completely taking over. Um and you know, if you're if you're not where you want to be, then you're just like, oh, what's It's so weird. It's not yeah. even like it's like a rating scale though. It's not yeah. like <laughs> looping this conversation all the way around when you were on rapreviews.com or whatever and you mm. were seeing like a broke down like okay, this is good, like it has a a nine on beat and like a, a seven on lyrics or, you know, right. all the, you're getting an idea of like, Oh, okay. I understand this, but it's just like, mm-hmm. Oh, that video has 4 million views. So it must be an awesome song. It must be a great video. And it's, ah. yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's can you uh... like, you know, McDonald's has served billions of people, but it is not the best food in the world. <laughs> the numbers are no quantifier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I guess, the more people who, it, it, it kind of builds exponentially like that. And it just, the more people who do respond to it, the more the, there's people like I to mean, follow just, the crowd, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it just boosts. It's like, it's everything that you put out there in terms of, likes and whatnot it's just it's a ball rolling down a hill like a snowball Mm -hmm. just picking up and it's like the more people that engage with it the more people are going to engage with it yeah and it's because more people see it it pops up in their shit with all of the fucking algorithms and way things are (laughs) connected you know if you post something and nobody interacts with it in like 10 minutes it's done goodbye gone (laughs) see ya let's make space for other things right and i guess i can kind of understand that because so many people were pumping so much onto like we'll just use facebook as Mm -hmm. a base example Mm -hmm. like i get why stuff is suppressed from a technical standpoint because if if everything that every user of facebook was posting was continuously available to everyone yeah the the world would explode. <laughs> like I don't think there's like any sort of a computer server that can really handle all of that information. So yeah. I kind of get why some things they they pick and choose why some things are done. And it's like okay, well if you want more people to see this, pay for the boost because we're paying to have all of these ridiculous servers host this website that you get to use for free. Right. So I get it to an extent, but then I don't know boosting stuff's a pain in the ass i don't even want to get into that like x amount of text on your fucking flyer like if you don't have if you have too much text you can't boost it or if you have like a certain language you can't boost it have you ever run any of that shit well i was thinking about doing a like a sponsored post for for the video we just released support real pizza and i didn't get around to doing it yet have Um, you ever sponsored anything on facebook no i haven't i haven't used it yet i i feel like it's i could see it I could see it being a good thing because I guess it's not, you don't have to, you can just spend like five bucks, right? Yeah. And it's not like, and then you'll get new people to see it. So as opposed to like. It's a business, you know? Yeah. I get it. And I've, I haven't done a whole lot of sponsored advertising in a while. I have conspiracy theories (laughs) on why I haven't done it. Um, Okay. So like when I first started doing it, I would throw five bucks at it. It would be a dollar a day, Monday through Friday. Okay. And it would just be like one one post about something like, hey, in the studio. And then like a little picture, just getting things hyped when I was recording the most recent Sykes album. Mm-hmm. And when I first started boosting those things, they were getting like between 50 and 100 likes. And it, there goes those likes again. 
mm-hmm. me talking about them now like they fucking matter. Right. Um, but it just you it was evidence that at least people were seeing it and interacting with it. Uh-huh. You know, it'd be like, oh, like, you know, so many thousand people saw this post, whereas before it'd be like, oh, like 14 people saw this. Okay. But then over time, that started dwindling down to the point that I was paying for sponsored stuff and it was getting the same amount of interactions that not sponsored posts were getting. Hmm. So I said, okay, the album just came out. I'm going to throw 20 bucks at it. And then that went through the roof. So it was like, is Facebook catching on to me only paying $5 a week and like trying to get more money out of me? Hmm. Or is that me being a conspiracy theory person? <laughs> Who knows? Right. Because I mean, too, it's like the, the, the thing you need to consider also is that if the content you're putting out is just shit, you could pay to sponsor it. But if it's shit or if it's boring or not interesting, people still aren't going to interact with it. They yeah. might be seeing it, but that doesn't mean that they're going to engage right. if it's lame content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's another thing that I think people need to consider too. Is like we've posted stuff on the band page that's just been good content, and it gets engagement. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting stuff. So I think if people post less and the content that they put out is worth people's attention, yeah, then you don't necessarily always need to do like a sponsored ad. Yeah, that's my advice to you. Hey, before I, you get into the sponsored I guess, ads, I, I guess I won't do it then. No, so but a... go into it because I think that it's a really neat to see how it's set up. Yeah, because it, it's super involved. You can you'll go in. You could pick your target demographic as far as like a mile radius from whatever city you choose, hmm. male, female, age range. You can add like specific tags. So if somebody has like a knack for talking about hip hop or pizza. It's more likely to show up in their feeds versus like somebody else. Hmm. Um, There's all sorts of settings and things that you can adjust to really pinpoint your demographic that you're trying to promote to. Okay. But then there's also like a ton of things like, oh, well, you can't obviously can't like have any swearing in your post. Or if you're posting a like an image with text on it, Mm -hmm. the text can only take up a certain percentage of the image. Hmm. And it's like. There's a bunch of really weird rules. So, do it. Get I, into I it. Check will. it out. It's I pretty neat. Will. It's awful, but it's interesting. <laughs> it's good It's good to know those things and just know how it works, you know? Yeah. Because I don't... marketing. Obviously, that shit's not going away. Mm-hmm. It's only going to get more integrated. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of caught myself a couple years ago being that old guy, like not wanting to catch up with the times, just wanting to do things the way that I knew how to do them and not accepting the fact that the world is rapidly changing day by day. And if you want to try to do anything creative and put it out there, you got to be up with the times. You got to, you got to adapt. Yeah. That's it. So anything you want to plug or tell, tell the people about obviously, you know, track meet reason left field. What else? Shout outs, you got any shout outs? In terms of, yeah, Left Field, we just released a video called Support Real Pizza. It's a a pretty silly song that I wrote as a joke. And then we uh, realized that it was pretty good. And then my friend wanted to help us do a video. So um, we released that almost, I think it's almost two months ago now. Uh, That was our first video. So check that out on YouTube. Um, Track Meet is uh, an event we do every month. So uh, you could check that out. This next one is um, Thursday, January, not January, July, <laughs> July 21st, uh, coming up later this month. That one's going to be, uh, we got three different DJs uh, and they're each going to play like back to back to back. So uh, the first DJ is going to play three cuts. The next DJ is going to play three cuts. And the next DJ is going to play three cuts. And it's all, like, all turntables, all turntables. So, um, it was actually something that Ron uh, Stealth and the Get Down Gang, he showed me this. Um, I went over to his spot and we did it. Um, and he called it 3v3. Um, so I was like, oh, I want to do this at track meet. So it's called 3v3 Record, record Relay um, Track Meet. You can check that out. Check out our Facebook That's page. That's it, Local 412, right? This Yeah, this next one's at Local 412. Yeah. Um, next month we're opening... Uh, up for EPMD with uh, track oh, meet yeah, cipher. I saw that. That's yeah. awesome. 
that I'm super excited for that. We're we're we just got four. Uh, me, Eos, Nadon, and um, this dude that we're bringing in called Kobe One, um, who's been at track meet a couple times, and um, we're we're planning this like it's gonna be a very focused, structured. Is that cipher. gonna kind of be like a? Remember when I saw you at Row House mm-hmm. and you did like the little track meet thing to open up that film? Yeah, that was pretty loose. Uh, we're gonna do like a more polished version of that. Okay, and and a little bit longer because that was only like ten minutes. Almost, it's yeah. almost like a like a performance commercial. Yeah, for the people there. Like yeah. this is a thing that we do all the time. Come out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, track meet. You could check us out. Uh, check our Facebook page, Instagram, track underscore meet. Uh, and then left field, we'll have our project coming out uh, hopefully within the next couple months. <laughs> Tight. Well, hey, thanks for coming over and all that stuff. Thank you. I will see you at track meet. Maybe one day I'll spit something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we might get you to play beats also. Yeah, I would love to do that. I'd be way better at that. I'm just so like, I'm so meticulous when it comes to my performance Yeah, that freestyling is like incredibly intimidating because I always like rehearse and like get everything down to a point. I never mm-hmm. freestyled ever. Yeah. You know, so it's just not anything I'm super comfortable with. It's, I feel it, like I could freestyle, but it would just be goofy as fuck. Like I would just be rhyming like farts and go-karts and shit like that you know like i don't want i don't want to put myself out there all like that like i want to have some sort of a foundation but i guess if i if you want to do it you just got to start doing it right yeah i mean i i i certain types of freestyling you're just saying like ridiculous nonsense and you kind of like i had to get to a point where i was okay with just saying dumb shit well that's and I like I build it up in my head, and then now I'm just thinking about how at the last track meet, Nadon did that uh, fire in the methadone clinic, yeah, thing, yeah. and it's like that was so absurd. Uh huh. It's like I maybe could have worked with the goofy thing like that. I guess it's just kind of, I don't know. I just need to stop acting like I haven't <laughs> performed in front of people like hundreds of times and just fucking do it. It's it's intimidating because you have you have to just make something out of nothing and you have to just it's it's all about momentum. So you start to um you you start you get in the flow and sometimes you you catch it and it's awesome, but a lot of times you you stumble a little bit and you just have to not let that bother you and you have to just keep on going off of that. I have, yeah. I have, oh fuck, I have a question. I, I wanted to ask you this earlier and I okay. totally slipped my mind, but talking about ciphers and yeah. stuff like that. How do you feel and what is like the general consensus of people that are like spitting obviously written things at ciphers? Because um, it, like, it bugs me. <laughs> yeah. No, well, the thing about that is I feel like the, the point and the the best part about ciphers is it's like a conversation where you you get in with a couple different people and you sort of build off of each other's ideas and you kind of just bounce off of each other and off of each other's energy. When you come in with um, something that you've already written or prepared, you're kind of just you're not really responding to what everybody else is doing. You're yeah. not really collaborating because you already know what you're saying and you already it's yeah. it's not it the same like, energy it's really not the same vibe it's, it's it, like, yeah go ahead it's like you're not it's like you don't want to be a part of the event it's like you're mm-hmm. trying to pull everyone out of the event and look at me yeah check me out yeah and that, that's the thing too it's like okay it's like i'm here like i could do something written i'm like well i'm not gonna do that that's not how this that's not what i'm supposed to do like right but you know, I, you see other people doing it, and it's like, well, maybe this is okay, or maybe it's just like people were just happy that someone's up there spitting for, you know, a little bit, even whether, whether it's written or not. But sometimes it just like, but I don't know. I just I don't. It, it I does, don't dig it. Yeah, I I mean, it just it doesn't connect to what everybody else. It just it isn't. You're not creating something new in the moment. You're not creating with other yeah. people. You're just kind of staying, and you're staying in your comfort zone. It's definitely safer. Um, you know, you, you're doing this verse and you, you're not, you know, you're not going to mess it up. You're not going to say anything stupid. Um, but you're, you're not taking a risk and you're not, you're not collaborating. You're not creating something, um, 
you know it's it's like a jam session you know what i mean like but it's with it's with words so you get together and you jam with other musicians and you just create something in the moment and you like create a new song you can create a new song but if you just add this verse that you already had then that's not you're not making anything new you're just staying the same that's kind of a problem with a lot of rappers or people in hip-hop in general it's such an independent format for the most part that you know it's usually like hey this is me 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 i'm a rapper me 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 a lot of it doesn't involve that community thing yeah so a lot of people aren't don't know how to react to that or maybe they don't necessarily want to be a part of that yeah yeah and maybe it's because that that was how i started like i started at I started doing music at the Shadow Lounge and everybody was really awesome there. Always gave great feedback. And then um, doing ciphers at Throwdown Thursday. So that was like how I got into music in general. And so I was like, this is is something that I really enjoy. And so I want to keep doing that. And certain people who, you know, if they didn't come up with that sort of experience, um, they don't see the value in it and they don't understand that that's really the foundation of creating and even just hip hop. You know what I mean? It was all about ciphers. It was all about whether it was B boys, you know what I mean? Out on the corner or whatever, you know what I mean? You get together and they're, they're freestyling the same way. You know what I mean? They're just throwing new moves in and they're, they're building off the vibe of the group. You, you come in and you're, you're just ciphering in the park or whatever. And you're just saying whatever. And, just having fun like that's that's so i feel like that's the spirit of hip-hop and that's the that's the energy and certain people don't they're not open to it or they don't they don't get it but i mean it's it's really fun i think i think you should do it even if you don't do it at track meet just do it um do it with your friends i mean it's it's so much yeah it's just so so much fun they call it freestyling it's like you're freeing your mind and you're just kind of just doing whatever and you're not you're not yeah it's not rehearsed and it's not polished and i feel like that's what's makes it so exciting because it's just like sure yeah and i think it probably gives you some good like life lessons like it's okay to fuck up every once in a while you're yeah not, you're not perfect and then you'll get better yeah with it. so yeah thanks for that no problem it's awesome i'm really glad that um there's somebody like you in the scene doing everything that you're doing it was just like it's it's good thanks man it's very very nice positive vibe because it's only on like like i said like in the reason why i kind of got out of the scene that i was in and the people i was with because it was so like individualized and there wasn't any sort of like a camaraderie between Mm -hmm. people but then like i came back and it was just like i started seeing like you know these groups of people that were doing stuff and i was like wow this is cool super glad that this exists so appreciate it thanks for reaching out man hey and thanks for doing this recording thing no podcast thing and whatnot and we will wrap this up right now and we are done And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Reason's a really good dude. I I mean, you you already heard me telling him in the episode that I really appreciate him and the people that he surrounds with getting more involved and becoming kind of a a hub in the local hip-hop community. I think it's really important to have people that are passionate and focused and willing to take the time to make events happen. And uh, just that stuff means so much to me. And I love being around other artists who give a fuck. It's crazy. But be sure to check out those links that are in the episode description. You know, check out Reason, like him on Facebook, check out Left Field, go watch the pizza video check out the next track meet coming up i have all the links in the description get involved if you're interested in this stuff if you're still listening to this conversation now you're still listening to me talk you have to be interested in what's going on and if you're not coming to these events then you're crazy just come out 
Make the time for it. If I can do it, you can do it. Trust me. Anyways, I'll be back again next week. Maybe. We'll see. I don't have an episode recorded. And I'm trying to, you know, not stress out too much about things like that. I'm going to probably be taking a little bit of a break from putting up episodes every week. If I can, I will. But if I got shit going on, then I won't. That's all there is to it. So we'll see. There might be a new episode next week. If there is, you know where it'll be. It'll be posted at the same time, on the same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2016. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.